Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Let's go ahead and jump. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 reads like this. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. If you were to read on the verse uh, 10 and 11 there, right, it says, and at that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But let's take a look at one another verse here uh, and we'll get started in our message today. Let's look in uh, the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, and this will help us frame out our talk today. 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll read uh, verses 5 and 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. If you're new to our church or if you've never done it before, we actually put all of our notes into the Bible app, the Version Bible app, and you can uh, we leave our notes up there all week so that you can go back and study on your own. We love for you to kind of dig into the Word on your own time, not just what I said, but what the Lord uh, wants to speak directly to you so that you can hear from him. Uh, let's look at 1 Peter 5, uh, verses 5 through 6, and it reads like this. It says, all of you clothe yourselves, starting in the middle of the verse there, all of you clothe yourselves with humility. Everybody say humility. Amen. Toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Bow your heads. Let's take a moment here to pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day, God, for it's a day that you have made. And Lord, we rejoice and we're glad in it. And we are so grateful for this opportunity that we have to look into your word to see exactly what it is that you want to say to us today, God, in order to help us move forward in life. 
God, I pray for every single person that's here that's under the sound of my voice, God, that you would open up their ears today to hear exactly what you want them to hear, God, that you would open up their hearts that they might receive everything that you want to say, God. And Lord, please allow your Holy Spirit to move in such a powerful way, Lord, that we, we, we would understand your word, that it would become so clear and vivid to us what exactly how you want us to live. And Lord, I pray through our knowledge, through our digging into the word today, Lord, that we might further our relationship with you and know you in a greater way. God, we are so grateful for your word because it is the truth and it brings life to our lives. And we're grateful for your son that embodies it. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray together. Amen. Amen. My wife and I were blessed uh, to do the wedding of two of our core, core uh, members yesterday. And I was sharing some, some final remarks with the groom uh, and thoughts before, you know, beforehand. Uh, we always take a time to just, you know, have the, the men in the life share, right, before they, they take the plunge and, and jump off the deep end, right? I want to make sure that their the last moments are, are some good moments. And, uh, but it was good. But man, I, I, when I got my turn to speak, I was saying that, you know, the wedding is, is really just the beginning. The wedding is really just the beginning when it comes to marriage. That's, that's just the jumping off point. And the, and, and the marriage, really it really starts from there. A lot of times we put so much focus on the wedding part, and that's important. But really the, the hard work, the good work, right? All the blessings, thank you, Jesus, right? All the blessings flow after, help you, Jesus, after the wedding. Whew, don't put it before the wedding. The blessings come after the wedding, right? And so, but I was, I was telling them, hey, this is how, you know, you want to walk this out in life, man. It starts at the beginning. It's the same thing for us. When we make a connection with God, right, Some, sometimes, look, we focus on, on the wedding, right, the, the marriage of us to God, right, us becoming his bride and getting connected with him. And that's super important. Don't get me wrong. The wedding ceremony, actually getting that done is important. But if we're honest, the real work of being connected to God starts after that point. It starts after the connection. After we really get connected with, with God is when we get to see and get to really understand and walk in everything that he has done for us and what we're doing. And so, uh, just as I was telling him yesterday, hey, that, that, that's, the, that's the first step to walking that out. In this series of forward, we've been telling you, right, in order to walk again, that we have to take a first step in the pursuit of the freedom and fellowship that we know is available to us in God. But even beyond that, going forward, we've been discussing over the last few weeks that that requires of us to take that first step, but also to take some additional steps. Right? There's some additional steps that, that, that come beyond just the initial conversation or the, the initial connection that we have. Right? And, and so when, if we're going to go forward, we have to understand that concept. And so if we're looking at the word forward, and, and obviously we're spelling it with an extra, extra U there, right? If we're, if we're looking forward, we have to recognize that what it means to go forward is that it implies advancement. That implies progress or movement, right? There's a being or an object is actually, it's in motion or it's in a process toward a successful conclusion. That's what it means to go forward. If you're going to go forward, we have to understand that, that really it's advancement. 
that really it's progress, that we're in motion heading towards a successful conclusion, that really that should be right what we're looking at. And, and as we're thinking about, as a believer, that successful conclusion, what that looks like for us really is never-ending. Right? There's a successful conclusion, but really it's, it's a continual process for us. And what does that look like? Right? We've been talking about leaving the darkness and walking into the light. Right? That's what that process looks like. It's, it's from sin to salvation right? in our lives. It's from confusion to clarity in our lives. It's from hate to love in our lives, right? It's from the world or worldly things to God's kingdom and godly things. It's from slavery to freedom. It's, it's from solitude to fellowship. And it's, if, if, if we're going to get really, really honest about it, it's from our way to his way. That's really, if we're going to be moving forward, we have to recognize, okay, what are we actually trying to get to? What are we trying to get to? What is, what is the, the successful conclusion for us? What, is, what does that process look like? And sometimes what can happen to us is that we make assumptions and we make decisions, right, on, on how, that, how we want that advancement, that progress, or that movement to proceed. We like to make, look, I, Lord, I want it to go this way. Lord, I, I don't mind moving forward as long as you move forward, Lord, at my speed. I, I, I mean, I, I want you to be in the gear that I want to be in. Lord, you're, you're, you're trying to go two, and I'm trying to be in one. I really just want to be in drive. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, we don't, we don't have to shift gears, Lord. I can just stay right where I am. This is, this is the way that I want to do it. And, and, and look, we, we make these assumptions and we, we want to make decisions on how that advancement in our life happens, how the progress happens, how the movement should proceed. And, and, and you know what can happen by doing that is that we can start making assumptions on what that successful conclusion will ultimately be. Because we can think, oh, okay, if I'm moving at the speed that I want to move at, that it's going to lead to this specific thing. And we can kind of settle for that. And the Lord's saying, well, actually, that was just a checkpoint. What I actually am trying to get you to is something even further beyond what you might think it is. And that's, that's, that's based on a desire that, you know, we, we want it to be done our way. But God's saying, actually, I want you to start seeing things my way. Because in, in my way, I'm going to take you further than you ever thought that you could go. And I want to show you some things that you never thought that, that you would be able to see. And, and I, I want some things to occur in your life that you've never even conceived. But it's, it's a requirement of us to leave our way and start going his way. The word tells us in Isaiah 55, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. What you think is good may not be so good. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He says, look, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's on a totally different plane. 
And as we endeavor here to continue to grow spiritually, right, trying to leave the darkness behind or or leave the past behind and, and walk into the light, what we're also leaving behind, right, we're also leaving behind our ways and our thoughts, That's a decision that we're making. Well, Lord, if I'm going to progress with you, I recognize that there are some things that I have to put down. There are some things that I thought that, man, I can't walk in that anymore, right? But actually, Lord, I'm going to make a choice to prefer your way. I'm going, look, I I, I can still do it my way, but Lord, I'm going to make a decision to prefer your way. I'm going to make that my aim and my goal is before is to prefer your ways and your light. And that's a continual choice for us. We're making a continual choice to walk in the light as he is in the light. Right? That first John 1, 7, we've been reading all series. That we're making a continual choice to walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, what does that mean for us then, Pastor? PK, what does that mean for us? What, what do we have to do to advance and to progress and to move forward? What do we have to do to walk in the light as he is in the light? And we've given you a few things over the last few weeks. We said the first thing that you have to do is you have to follow Jesus. If you're going to move forward in your life, if you're going to progress spiritually, there's no way you can do that without following Jesus. That is the first step, right? And the second thing that we said that that you really want to do, that we encourage you to do, is to be all heart to gain the perspective of God on the world, to see the world and the people in it as he sees it, to love what God loves. And and as you do that, you begin to walk forward, right? And and so I'm going to give you the the third thing today, right? We read it earlier, 1 Peter 5, 6 encourages us. Okay, what's the next thing I need to do to walk forward? You need to humble yourself. Pastor, this is going to be one of them tough words today, huh? Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry in advance, right? First Peter 5, 6 tells us to humble yourselves, therefore, under, the, under, the, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. To humble yourself. Pastor, humility? We going to talk about that today? Yes. The, 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 the state of being humble, the, the root word, if you, if you study it, right, comes from humilis, which means low or modest nature, of low or modest nature, right? It's the condition of being consistently teachable and submitted. Consistently teachable and submitted, right? It's, it's the opposite of pride, where, where we are in, actually, the, the stance that we're in is we're actually in awe and reverence to God. Sometimes when we think about humility, right, we, we, kind of, we, we kind of look at it in a bad way. It's like, well, Pastor, I thought we were trying to go forward. If I'm going to be humble, that doesn't feel like going forward. That actually, right, that actually feels like I'm just standing still or that I'm, I'm taking a step back. Or that I'm, my wife was, was telling me this week, right, there's an analogy that she heard about, you know, sometimes people can, can get into a place where, where you're in the water, Right? You ever been in the water and, and you try to stay still in the water, but you're swimming? And if you're not really paddling, what happens? You can drift out. If you're in a boat, you feel like, okay, the boat is still. But you look out at the beach and you recognize, oh, wait, I'm a little bit further away than I thought. 
And, and, and sometimes we, when we look at humility, we can, we can see it like that. Like maybe I'm just standing still or it actually feels like I'm drifting backwards. And, and that's one of the reasons why we don't like humility. We don't even like talking about it sometimes. We like to think we have it, but we really don't know, want to know what it means. And, and sometimes if we look at humility, the perspective that we have in it, well, well, well man, if I'm humble, then I'm just going to be used and abused. If I'm the person that always takes the low position, if I'm the person that always is the one that's modest in nature, if I'm the person right, that always seems to be granting grace to others, then, man, it's, I'm going to suffer for that. I'm going to be the one that's going to be abused because of that. I'm going to be the one that's going to be used up because of that. That is our perspective sometimes. And I recognize that mentality fully. I, I, I get it. I understand why it's so troublesome, and it's because we've learned the world's perspective on humility. We've adopted it ourselves, and so when we talk about being humble, the perspective that we have is actually a, a worldly perspective on it versus what God says about it, right? We, we mistake meekness for weakness, right? And that's the way we look at it, right? That humility is just for suckers. That's how we see it. And that advancement, progress, movement in my life, man, it can never be achieved if, if I'm going the humble route. If, man, if, that's, if humility is going to be the path that they tell me to take past, I don't know how I can go forward. I don't know if I can achieve. I don't know if I can build and, and transform and change in my life if, if I'm pursuing it from a modest or a low perspective. That, it, those two things don't seem to compute well. And so what happens is we take the popular approach. Well, well, I'm just going to look out for myself then. I'm just going to look out for number one. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever, ever said that? Man, I'm just going to look out for me. And, and, and what happens is we can start to push people out the way so that we can get ahead. Because that seems like the only way that's going to work on my job is if, is if I push somebody out the way or I do something unethical so that I can advance and, or maybe I can spread a little gossip to make them look bad and make me look good or I can whisper in my boss's ear, hey, did you see what they weren't doing to try to make myself feel better? Versus taking the path of humility instead of saying, I did it my way, right? It's saying, actually, I want to do it the Lord's way. I'm, I'm, I mean, I actually want to do it the way that his word encourages me to do. And again, his word says, right, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When I look at in my own life and the times that, you know, I fully submitted myself uh, to, to his will and to his way of thinking, when I submitted myself to his direction for my life, for his guidance for me in the things, I, I'm actually in awe of how much more wisdom I received how much more wisdom that I walked in when I actually followed his way and, and, and not my own. I'm, I'm actually in awe when I look back in my life when, and I look at his direction and his guidance at how much foresight, how much more foresight I had into things happening than when I tried to pursue just my own way. How much more I was blessed when I followed his way 
than just my own. And I can think about, man, what would it have been like if the choices that I, make in him, I made in him were choices that I made on my own? Help me, Lord. I wouldn't be standing where I'm standing today. I wouldn't be married to who I'm married to. Why? Because I would have thought that my way was the best way. And it was my way or the highway. But actually the Lord's saying, would you, look, I, I want you to follow me. I want, you to, I want you to follow who I am. And look, look, here, here's the thing about it. What spurs out of us following his way, Proverbs 22, 4 says this. It says, humility is the fear of the Lord. It's the awe. It's the reverence of him. And it's wages, what you get out of it. I love it. Our riches and honor and life. It's what a lot of people are looking for. If you could put three things down. Hey, what do you want? You know what? I'd like some riches. Come on, y'all be honest with me today. I'm not the only one, right? A little more money in the bank account wouldn't be so bad, Pastor, right? I, I would love that. I would love some honor in my life. I'd like people to, have some res- to put some respect on my name. And I'd like to have life. And not only life, more abundantly. Well, the word tells us that humility is actually the starting point of those things. Humility is, 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 right, that's where it comes from, right? The Bible says that humility, with humility comes wisdom. So the things that we're seeking for is, is actually taking us down a different path than a lot of times what we assume it's going to be. But because we don't fully recognize the benefits of walking in humility, right, of humbling ourselves, right, that, 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 that would make it easier for us to choose his way over our way. If we were able to, to just remember those things in the tough times when you see somebody advancing faster than you, seemingly faster, when, 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 we, when you see right, evil things happening in the world and you feel like, man, those people seem like they're, they're getting ahead and, man, they, it doesn't seem like, any, they're, man, it doesn't like anything can affect them, but I'm over here doing the modest route and, Lord, it doesn't seem like it's going my way. And the Lord's saying, just continue to follow my way. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And we can get exhausted and exasperated by taking the low and the modest route, but it's actually the way that leads us to being exalted is by doing that, by following his way. Look, Luke 14, 11, let me read it to you. It says, for everyone who exalts himself, everyone who goes about it their own way and tries to push themselves up, what occurs? They will be humbled. And the person, he or she, who humbles themselves will be exalted. It's telling us that you will be God exalted. And so I'm encouraging all of us to take some additional steps, as we talked about, right, to be all heart, to walk in some humility in our life, not just because you want to, right, to to get ahead and, and you want to go forward, but also because as a disciple of Jesus, we're actually trying to follow his example. The Apostle Paul said it this way, Philippians 2.1. We read it earlier. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, so if you're connected with him, if you've made that, right, if there's any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded 
having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind, right? How do we do that? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Don't lean into your pride. Don't do anything from that place of pride. The word we just read, it told us that if you try to exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled. I'd, I'd, look, I'd rather God exalt me than God have to humble me. It goes on to say, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's a word for us today in this country. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests. Not looking to your own politics. Not looking to your, even to your own race. Not looking to all these things, but each of you to the interests of others. We should be thinking about the others is what the word is encouraging us to do. In your relationships with one another, have, look, I love this, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. It, it, it gives us pause right there to say, with what I'm posting on Facebook, am I walking in my pride or am I walking in humility? With how I interact with people that don't live in my zip code, look like me, vote like me, act like me, dress like me, have the same money in the account as me, am, am I walking with the same mindset as Christ or am I following my own way? have the same mindset of, as Christ Jesus, who it being in very nature God, you, he is fully God, did not consider that equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He didn't use that, hey, man, I'm going to come down to earth. I'm just going to be God and just, and just do that. He's actually said, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make myself nothing. I'm going, Jesus said, I'm going to take the low position. I'm going to take the modest routes by taking the very nature, key word here, of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming for us even obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so for us, Jesus' life is a perfect example of what humility looks like. It's a life of service. You want to know what it looks like to be humble, to be a person that walks in humility? It's a, it's, it's a life of service. And that's why one of our core value is we live to serve. We live to serve. That's, that's why, because we're trying to have the same mindset as Christ. We're trying to come in as, as low and as humbly as we can so that Man, we can serve and benefit others that are in our lives and so that we're not leaning to our pride. Actually, we recognize that serving helps to diminish any pride that we might have. We've got engineers and doctors that set up chairs in our church. They don't have to do that. They do. Why? Because they recognize the value in serving of remaining humble, even though they have, man, a, a, an amazing education and, and may even have great wealth, but the more important thing to all of us is serving others yeah. and having that same mindset as Christ. It challenges, it, look, it challenges what we face in this world. It challenges the norms of what we see in society. 
But if we're going to be followers of Christ, and I'm saying, look, let's not just be average followers of Christ. Let's be real followers of Christ. If we're going to do that, then we have to take on the same mindset that he had. And that is to live to serve. And so we say it like this. We're always looking for ways to serve others, recognizing that jumping into help is more rewarding than just sitting on the sidelines. And in our culture, everyone has a place to use their gifts and talents to bless others, and there are no bench players. Sometimes pride can fool you this way. You can feel like, well, I don't, I don't have anything that I can do, or what I have isn't good enough to use in, in what they're trying to do. No, actually, we can use every gift. And even if you're trying to discover what your gifts are, sometimes, hey, let me put down a chair, can help you figure out, you know what, I'm actually a person of order. I like when things are in line. You know what you might be? You might be administrative, right? It, it, sometimes it's the small things. It's the humbling of ourselves and taking the low position of doing what seems menial and small and beneath us that can actually help us to understand God's perspective on us and the inner qualities that he's interlaced into our lives that shows us exactly who he has called us to be. It's, it's by doing the thing that seems so beneath us, by doing the thing that, that allows us to serve others, that we're actually able to see the full calling of God on our lives. Jesus looking at our, looking at our lives in the sin that we carried and, and, and being the things that we should, have, we should have been punished for, looking at us, he still decided to come down and to live this type of life as an example for us. He, he could have easily thought, man, you know what? They're just going to use and abuse me. So what, what, what good is it for me being humble? If they're just going to use and abuse me, right? And, 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 and in his life, and, and he, him being God's son, right? Having all the power and the strength at his disposal, he made a different choice. He humbled himself for our benefit. It lets us know that serving is the superpower of the humble. Serving is the superpower of the humble. You want to know what makes you great? Serve. You want to figure that out? Man, what is it that God has called me to do? I, I dare you to serve. I dare you to find something in your life that you can put your hands and, and feet to just as Jesus did. His, his quality that he had was to be available to die on the cross for us, right? And so he, he lived that out. He wasn't thinking about what it, what it, not what it meant to get ahead in that way, but he said, you know what? Actually, I recognize that if I serve, there's going to be a much greater benefit than if I just sit on the sidelines and let things go on as they are. Instead of him just looking and seeing the trouble in the world and things that need to be fixed and sitting on the sidelines, he said, you know what, actually, let me jump in and let me be a part of what's going on. And we see that found in the word, right? One of the greatest examples that I, I love is one of my, literally probably one of the, my favorite things that Jesus ever does, right? We find it in John 13. We know this passage, right? It's, it's, it's the last supper. Let me set it up for you. Right? It's the last supper. 
And Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. It's like the, the, literally the last few moments that he gets to hang out with the people that he loves. And look at what he does, right? John 13, 3, right? Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He's literally at that point. And so he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I just want you to stop and think about this practically for a moment. You have 11 grown men. Come on, wives and ladies. You got 11 grown men. Corns and bunions and walking in sandals and, and, and sand in the feet. Come on, y'all. Y'all think about this for a moment, right? And Jesus is at the pinnacle of his life. And he, he does, look, he's been like, look, y'all feet just going to stay ashy and dirty. I mean, there's nothing I can do for you. But no, he actually says, you know what? Man, I, I, Jesus said, I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to get down and I'm going to wash your feet. It, when you, culturally, if you look at what that meant, this was actually the lowest thing. This was only what slaves and, and outcasts did was wash people's feet. And he said, actually, you know what? I'm going to take this low position and I'm going to wash your feet. I, I love the first part of that verse, though, verse 3. It says, because sometimes we can get it in our minds, again, that humility is, is associated with weakness. But look what it says. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. A lot of times we want to relate humility to weakness, but actually humility is related to God's power being placed in our hands. Are y'all hearing me today? And so that's why Jesus said, you know what? I've got all power. Right? There, there's, there's nothing that, that really can deter me from this. There's nothing that can come against me because I've got all power. So you know what? Man, I've got my education. I've got my, I've got my degree. Right? I've, I've got my wealth. I mean, I've, I've, got, I've got the house and the car. But you know what? That, even though I have all that, and actually because I have all that, I now have the power to serve. Humility is not a place of weakness. It's a place of strength and power. And, and in doing this, what Christ does is that he gives them an example, right? He gives them a model that would change the world by taking the low place. He gave them something. He gave them an example. If you read on in that passage, look, he says, he says actually, what I've done is he says it. I've literally given you an example to go and do for others. That's the challenge for us today. It's not just to move forward in our life. It's, it's not just to be like Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who literally wrapped himself in human flesh, took one of the lowest forms, right? And then on top of that, took one of the most menial and humbling positions to those people that were his students. But he did so with everything in his power. And it's a challenge for us to recognize, look, if we're going to advance, sometimes you're going to have to take a different route than how you think. If you're going to advance, sometimes you're going to do things that humble you. But it's not weakness that you're moving in. It's actually God's power. Christ 
humbled himself for our advancement. He humbled himself for our progress. He humbled himself for our movement away from the darkness and into the light so that we would be in motion and in, pros- and, and, and in progress toward a successful conclusion. He took the low place for our benefit, and he says, now go and do the same. Yeah. It's great that you are progressing and going forward. It would mean so much more if you could help somebody else do the same. That we would live to serve, that we would take this on for ourselves in a way that doesn't just pursue what's best for me, but in a way that pursues what's best for others. Let me give you four ways. How do you live to serve? I told you I'd give you four because I'm in this forward series. Here's the four. We already read it. Number one, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. How do you adopt this perspective of living to serve. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. If you catch yourself, fix it and get back to this, to this uh, perspective. What's number two? Value others above yourself. Recognize the need of others before your own. If you have and they don't have, then that means you have something to do. Value others above yourself. Don't look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. What are they interested in? Is there a way that I can help benefit and bless somebody in the interests that they have in their lives? And number four, take the very nature of a servant by humbling yourself. Let me say that again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Value others above yourself. Don't look to your own interests, but to the interests of others, and take the very nature of a servant by humbling yourself. This is how we live to serve. And when we adopt this type of perspective, when we take this on in our lives, here's what happens. Philippians 2.9, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. God exalted him to the highest place. It wasn't that Jesus tried to do it on his own. It's it's, it's not for you to try to do it on your own, but actually it's for God to exalt you to the highest place. It's for God to help you reach that advancement. It's for God to help you progress. It's for God to help you move. It's for God to help get you further and further down the road toward that successful conclusion in your life. God is the one that exalts. And this, is, this path forward is not the one that we normally choose. It's not what we choose in our career. It's not what we normally choose for our business. It's not what we normally choose in your marriage or in your family. But it's the one that Jesus lays out. So it's the one that we're supposed to be following. Where you have been self-exalting. Where you have been self-exalting. Now is the time to look at yourself and say, actually... God, I want you to exalt me. I don't, want to, I don't want to do it on my own because if I exalt myself, I'm only going to reach up to a certain point. But when God exalts me, he's going to exalt you further than what you can even think, beyond what you can ask or think. 
because what he has for you, his vision and perspective for the qualities and the characteristics that he's laid into your life are more than, than, than what you were even, what you've ever thought. And so it behooves us to say, well, Lord, if Jesus could humble himself, so can I. If Jesus could take the low place, so can I. If Jesus could, could get down and wash somebody else's feet, so can I. That we would be humble, that we would take the low place. This is what it looks like when you really start walking out true freedom and true fellowship. This is what it starts to look like. And we want that stuff, but sometimes we don't want the, we don't want the position of having to do it. But the benefits of what God says we have are far beyond what we thought we could. This is how you go forward in life. So all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor, shows favor to God exalts the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. We're looking to be God-exalted. We live to serve, to get there. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, Check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.